This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Hello, and welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emma Benner, and today you're listening to episode 81 with Laura Hertz. Laura is the CEO and co-founder of Gifts for Good, which is an e-commerce site that sells gifts from over 40 nonprofits and social enterprises throughout the country and world. They encourage corporations to redirect their gifting from items that would normally just end up in a landfill to purchasing their employees' gifts from Gifts for Good, where every gift purchased gives back. You can also purchase gifts from their site for any occasion as an individual, so there's no excuse to not head over there and go shopping. They have such a mix of all different types of items with such a special story behind them of who you're impacting directly when you purchase one of those items. A little bit of backstory on Laura is that she spent a year of her life doing service work for AmeriCorps right after high school and then went on to study business administration at UC Berkeley. And after spending a few years working in corporate America, Laura ended up getting her master's in social entrepreneurship at USC, where she ended up meeting her co-founder, Jerry. And after that, they went and launched Gifts for Good. Laura was named a Forbes 30 under 30 in the social entrepreneurship category in 2020. In this episode, Laura talks all about her backstory of founding Gifts for Good, where she got her passion for helping others, her experience in AmeriCorps, and so much more. I loved getting to chat with Laura, and I hope you enjoy my conversation. All right, today on the podcast, I am so excited to welcome Laura. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to be able to get to chat with you today because you have just such a great story and you've done so much good for the world. Um, So can you catch the listeners up to speed and introduce yourself and what you're all about? Yeah, my name's Laura Hertz, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Gifts for Good, or giftsforgood.com, and we're an e-commerce brand that sells hundreds of products that all um, give back. I love the just the overview of your company of Gifts for Good because of all the different aspects that it's changing. Obviously, it's um, impacting your nonprofit and um, all those partners, as well as just the sustainability aspect. So can you go back and describe how you got started and why you thought there was a need for this? Yeah, of course. Um, I was working like a lot of people in corporate finance after college and got recruited to one of the big four accounting firms. Kind of always thought I would go in after college like a lot of people and do that kind of do good work. But uh, went to business school in undergrad at UC Berkeley and ended up going to work for Deloitte. And I got a ton of corporate swag, like a lot of people do, that just ends up in a junk drawer. A lot of those cheap kind of tchotchkes and meaningless throwaways. And um, it was just an idea that I had of, hey, how can we take this industry that is spending $100 billion a year on corporate gifts, where 50% of them go to a landfill every two years, so literally just $50 billion going into a landfill every two years, most of it just cheap tchotchkes, and use that money to really change people's lives. So that's really the foundation of what we do. We partner with over 50 different nonprofits and social enterprises whose products we sell. Um, So everything from candles that are providing job opportunities to women refugees who've recently resettled in the U.S. to cutting boards that could be branded with a corporate logo that are providing jobs to people transitioning out of homelessness. And those are the types of gifts we're giving for employee and client gifts. So really getting companies, you know, away from that stress ball or edible arrangement and to wonderful gifts with a story. 
Is it easy to encourage uh, the corporations to buy into what you do, or is there a lot of motivation and um, kind of sales that you have to do to get them on board? Um, you know, it's a great question. We've actually haven't done any outbound sales to date. We were super lucky from the day that we launched the company. We just had big corporations reaching out um, and looking for corporate gifts through us. And we just realized it was a big area of need. I think a lot of people who are making these decisions are looking for something a bit more different. You know, we work with everyone from human resources to event planners to marketing professionals and all these individuals I think are a little sick of the options in the corporate gifting marketplace and um, they've loved the idea of being able to do something a bit more meaningful and something that gives back so to date we're really lucky we've worked with um, hundreds of huge brands and fortune 500 companies and help them all integrate social impact into their gifting and we really haven't had to convince anyone I think most people get the idea and it's not something we need to sell, which I think we feel really, really grateful for. People just resonate with it right away. And I think at the end of the day, people just want to be good people. And when you can take a job and money that your company is already spending and use it to change people's lives, I think it's kind of a you know no brainer for most people. Yeah. And do the employees know the story behind the gifts um, when they receive them? Like do corporations market the good that they are doing with their gift giving? They do. So when you get one of our gifts, you actually get, we call them our social impact story cards, and they tell the story behind the product and how it's helping to change someone's life. So you might have a photo, for example, of one of the woman makers on the front of it and the story about where the product comes from and the charitable cause on the back. And so any employee who gets that gift or a client you might be sending it to will get to read that story. Um, and for a lot of companies, they really honestly just do it out of of the goodness of like the corporate values in their heart really as a company and they don't market it, which we're always excited to see. But it's also great to see because um, one of the cool things we do is we actually track social impact at the product level for most of the products on our site. And that's super unique because um, we can really bundle up a company's social impact into a shareable report so they could share it on social media or in an email newsletter. So for example, we might have um, a report that they're sharing that says they planted 500 trees and gave 10,000 meals to children in need, and they can put that stuff on social media and share it. And I think that's a beautiful story to be able to share with their clients and employees so they can really understand how the gift they just got is changing someone's life. So um, that's a great part of what we do. And my favorite part of the year is when we get to do our, our social impact reports and share that with everyone because um, it's just great to be able to see you know, obviously the impact that you and your company can do at the end of the day. Yeah, it must be amazing to see the impact that you personally are making with this business that you built. So on the other side of things, how do you connect with the nonprofits? You obviously work with so many nonprofits and social enterprises that are around the whole United States and around the world as well. So how do you initially connect with them? Are you doing that outreach or do they find out about you and connect with you? Yeah, you know, in the beginning, we definitely did some outreach, really trying to find the best brands for us to partner with. But today, we definitely get more product samples and um, inquiries to be on our site than we can really keep track of. And we always try to get back to everyone. But it's a it's a full time job. And actually, my first hire was we call her our chief impact officer. Her name's Denise Steverding, and she actually helped to build out Tom Shoes Giving Department and scaled like their oh, one for one wow. model around the world. So she is a great asset to mm -hmm. our team and that's her entire job is just leading our cause partnerships and who we work with. And it's definitely, you know, a lot of work because we need to make sure we're partnering, of course, with organizations who are extremely impactful, but also have a unique ability in the corporate gifting market. Because a lot of the times we may be doing cutting boards with a logo or candles that are branded. And um, we need to make sure that even though it might be a small nonprofit, that when we get an inquiry, say for a bulk order, that's something that they can handle. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them have never measured the social impact of their products at the product level. So we really help a lot of them too. Um, and that's both nonprofits as well as social enterprises. So businesses that are, you know, making money, but doing good in the world. So they might be something like a one for one model when you buy that product. So we have a unique mix of, you know, different types of partnerships and all different types of impact as well. 
And what are some, can you highlight some of the ones that are your favorite and maybe some of the cause areas that have the biggest place in your heart? Yeah, um, I think it being Women's History Month this month, I love just talking about our products that empower women. And that's just something I'm super passionate about, especially with International Women's Day. I think we've seen a lot of women who are loving the idea of purchasing our products that empower women. Um, mm -hmm. One of my favorite cause partners of ours is actually out of Denver. I know you said you're out of Colorado. They're yeah, called Women's oh, Bean cool. Project. And they're a wonderful nonprofit in the Denver area, and they're providing jobs to um, a lot of women in need and they are they're an organization which is a lot like a lot of partners of ours where they've been in the Denver area and people in that city know them extremely well they've been around for decades but we're really helping them to reach more of like a national level and you know broaden their reach and impact through corporate gifting around the country um, and love 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 their products and um, of course some of our other products we also work with an organization Prosperity Candle who employs uh, women refugees who've recently resettled in the U.S. who hand pour our candles, so love them as well. Is Gifts for Good considered a nonprofit, or what is, how is it classified? We are a for-profit organization, um, but we are extremely in business to use business as a force for good, and that's something I'm super passionate about, and that's why we are also helping our corporate partners to do the same. We're a certified B Corporation, so we go through a pretty intense audit and process to know um, you know, the environmental and social impact of all of our products and how that's baked into our business models. So um, that's definitely a big part, of course, of who we are. So we're a for-profit organization, but a certified B Corps. Okay. And so you've obviously worked in corporate America. What do you pull from that to make your current business so successful while continuing to do good? Yeah, um, I think that was a unique experience for me working in corporate America and just seeing how, you know, these bigger companies function. Um, I went to business school for undergrad and then actually after working at Deloitte, went to um, USC to business school. So I definitely have always had a really big business mindset. And I think part of working there was really showing me, hey, companies are spending this money. And I'm seeing a lot of my coworkers there who really just want to better resonate with the work that the company does and the values that that company holds. And that's so important for employee and client retention to really you know, believe in the company that you work for. And um, I think I saw the importance of that and really wanted to bring that to more companies to help them to, you know, showcase their values and help them to do good and incorporate um, impact into their day-to-day -day operations. Because I think that's just an area that I saw working in corporate America where there's so much ability for companies to be able to do good, but through their day-to-day -day operations where they're just really not taking advantage of ways that they could do that to better engage their employees and clients along the way as well. Do you ever work as like a consultant with corporate companies to help them figure that out? Yeah, you know, it's a funny question. I think it's something we didn't think we would be doing in the beginning because we, you know, launched this company as an e-commerce marketplace and pretty quickly I recognized that we were much, much more than that within our first year business. Um, we had some major companies that were reaching out, really wanting assistance with campaigns that maybe were across the country with 4,000 employees. Um, we're also doing a lot more in the virtual event space with companies. So for example, last year we worked with Snapchat and we helped to lead their entire um, global volunteer day of service for all of their employees really? around the world. And, and it was so fun. Yeah, and we just got to like create a website where all their employees could go and they could choose between um, four different nonprofits that SNAP could give a donation to on their behalf. And we, you know, built a whole Kindness Quest actually map that their employees could do acts of kindness throughout um, Random Acts of Kindness Day. So it was just like, it's so much fun. And that's the type of thing that we do with so many companies. You know, we're creating a gift box, but we're also creating an experience and we're helping them to better just engage with their employees and do something fun um, in the social impact space and in a new capacity. So I think we do a 
lot more of that than I would ever anticipate. A lot more companies last year coming to us just saying, hey, my client holiday party is canceled. What do I do with the $75,000? I want to give it to the mm. most impactful organizations in the world. And I don't really know who to give it to because they might not have a corporate social responsibility department um, or, you know, they really trust us as, and they've worked for with us for several years and they just want our guidance uh, along the way to do something cool and create a unique campaign. So we do that way more than we think. And so definitely like brand activations and, um, you know, social impact type consulting is just naturally something we do um, through our business model as well. Yeah, as your business has really grown and taken off, it must be so cool to see your position evolve as um, as the co-founder and be able to see how much more impact you could make than you originally imagined. Yeah, it's been a really amazing experience to see that. And I think there's so many areas that you don't see in the beginning when you're growing a business for ways that it can expand and you kind of just listen to your customers and to the market and um, expand, you know, your services or product offerings along the way. Um, and that's been a really fun aspect of it because it's some of the aspects that I really enjoy most is really getting creative and, you know, creating brand activations or days of service like Snapchat's global day of service. Um, that's the type of stuff that we get super excited about because we're able to take, you know, a gift box and have the all of the products inside of it tell a story, align those products to a company's corporate social responsibility campaigns or their initiatives for the year, um, and then just help to better engage employees and clients along the way. So it's a lot of fun. And um, I think, you know, every startup founder out there will also resonate with the fact that, you know, you end up doing a lot of things as you build a business that you don't think you would do, but sometimes it ends up being, you know, the best part of, of uh, your business and um, kind of that building process in the beginning. This is a super random question and not related specifically to you, but I've always <laughs> wondered it. When does a business go from a startup to whatever comes next? Like what is a startup classified as? Honestly, I don't even know. And it's a great <laughs> question. Um, I have a lot of people be like, Lori, you're no longer a startup. And I'm like, yes, I am. What do you mean? Um, you know, we're only four years old, so we're young. But some people are like, what do you mean? You've been on the Today Show. You're yeah. 30 under 30. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm still a startup. Like we are still we're a small business. But I have a lot of people look at me and be like, you're no longer a startup. But I definitely still think we are. <laughs> and I think part of that. that is just like, yeah, yeah, I still still call it that. Um, but people always look and say different things. I feel like that definition will depend on, you know, who you are and how you look at being a startup or a small business. I think, you know, we're lucky um, in that we've broken even. And I think a lot of people look at that moment as a moment where you might go into a different process, you know, as mm. you invest in your business. Um, so I think when you break even is a big moment for most startups. Where, <laughs> um, they might go into a different, you know, building phase as well. Yeah. Can you talk more about the evolution of your business, um, like how you met your co-founder and how that relationship has evolved and how you've divvied up responsibilities and everything like that? Yeah, of course. Um, so I definitely have a unique background in how I started my business. Um, we actually started our business as a class project in business school. I was in um, business school at the USC Marshall School of Business in a program specifically designed around social entrepreneurship. So I went to business school with the idea of creating a business that would um, really do good in the world. And I didn't know what that business would be in the beginning. So Guess for Good actually started as a class project. And my co-founder, Jerry, was actually one of my teammates. And uh, we worked on the project for about six months in business school. We did a presentation at the end of the semester and we just got overwhelming positive feedback from every single person that listened to our pitch. And we just kind of looked at each other like, hey, uh, maybe this is a good idea. Maybe we should work on it. Jerry and I really didn't know each other really well. And, you know, I'm 30. He's 30 years my senior. And this is kind of phase two of his career. So we were at yeah. very different junctions, I think, of our life. And, um, and we didn't really know each other well, but we ended up just really taking a chance on each other and um, and a chance on the business. And we ended up, I was working on it full time right after business school and just kind of built it up. But we have a 
great relationship. And I think we bring different things to the table. You know, we're running a tech company, but Jerry's hilarious and still has his Motorola phone <laughs> and, and like has trouble getting on Google Docs. So it's oh good. He goodness. rounds me. He rounds me out in a lot of respects. He does a lot more of like our legal and finance and um, operations end of our business, um, which is really helpful. And especially in the early stages, you almost don't even know where to go to, you know, do the tax related things or like mm, file yeah. different things with the state and federal and like that was something that I would have had no idea how to go about it and Jerry has this JD and he's one of those people who has way too many master's degrees so it was good he you know got me settled in those initial stages and um, you know today I'm a lot more of the um, product side and the innovation side and I really build out and envision a lot of the changes you know with our business as well so for example last year with COVID we looked at each other and we were like hey it might get a little difficult to know where to ship products with everyone working at home. So what are companies going to do? And so I ended up building out a whole new gifting software last year that um, actually enables you to send a gift via email and a company can send a collection of gift choices. Oh, how cool. uh, Employee, for example. Yeah, it's awesome. An employee, for example, could go in and they could choose what product they want to redeem from a collection of gift choices. So you might have a blanket or a water bottle or brownies or some baked goods and you can choose what product you want and then enter your home shipping address or office Uh address wherever you would want to ship it to and that was just like that was an amazing you know thing that we built out last year but Jerry had no idea what I was talking about when I was you know wanting to build it out but he was like I trust you like I get that you get what this vision is for this product and that just took off last year and we ended up doing about 50% of our business through our new gifting software so that's the kind of stuff where you know you need to innovate along the way and you need to have usually a co-founder who can trust you to do different things you know along the way as you're as you're building do you find that most people are choosing the gift based on the gift itself or the mission behind it Definitely the gift itself, but I would say for some people, it can be the mission behind it. Um, I think I was surprised because we always thought it would be a lot more of the mission behind it in the initial stages, but Mm -hmm. really it was the people first and foremost wanted a product that they loved. And a big part of what we do is like we don't sell you know, those $3 fair trade bracelets, like I sell beautiful customized products that give Mm -hmm. back and um, are more high end. And that's really how we positioned ourselves in the corporate gifting market. Like these are beautiful products, first and foremost, and they have an impact and tell a story. And so we always look at ourselves as like a product first business. And I think our our clients and people who shop on our site really feel the same way. So they'll love the product and then they read the story and they're like, oh my God, that really resonates with me. Um, And I think that's been a really great thing to see. And last year, I know I mentioned our new gifting software. One of the cool things about that is I built out the ability to either redeem a product or choose a direct donation option on the platform. So for example, yeah, that was awesome. So you could do like a blanket or you could plant 500 trees or give 800 meals to a child in need instead of a product. And that really resonated with people because, you know, you see people just write like these heartwarming messages back to uh, a company that might send them those gifts. Like um, I'm on the board of directors for the American Cancer Society and we have one donation option um, where you can give rides to treatment for cancer patients. And I mean, as a survivor myself, that's like very close to my heart and um, something where I really loved that we were able to give people the ability to choose that. And when I saw some of the, the notes that people put, you know, that they were driving their mom to treatment for the last six months and they were able to give rides to treatment to someone else and it meant the world to them. Like you get those types of notes back and you're like, this is why you do what you do. You're giving a gift that definitely, you know, resonates with someone along the way. So um, I think for some people, it can be, of course, the impact. But in general, um, I think people love having a product, but having a direct donation option is great, too, because sometimes you just don't need a gift and you'd rather, you know, gift it forward to someone else, which is a great thing, too. Has gifting really changed during COVID? Like are corporations gifting less, maybe? 
You know, I think you would think that they would be gifting less. And I think in the early stages, companies may have cut back initially, um, just during those first like couple months when you were a little bit unsure. But we saw our business boom last year. Um, we had more companies than ever who were just wanting to send gifts and give something that gave back. And they were looking for something different. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, you're no longer coming to the office to work with your coworkers and what's a great way to show appreciation or if you're having a virtual event with all of your clients you want to maybe bring them together with a cool box before the event or an experience um, delivered to their inbox before the event so we had a lot yeah. of companies come into us and um, I think gifting changed a lot because there was a huge shift in companies just not wanting to give that same corporate swag and wanting to do something that was really impacting their community and the country and um, we had a couple options, for example, of giving back specifically related to COVID. So hours of training for healthcare workers or giving a thousand masks um, to healthcare workers. And that's the kind of stuff that companies loved. And, um, you know, they were wanting to showcase that a lot more and not just have their dollars going to, you know, cheap swag. Like they wanted impact in a story as well, which is great to see. Do you guys sell masks? <laughs> we do. We okay, do good. Masks. I was if you didn't tap um, into that. <laughs> <laughs> we do and they're awesome. They're made from uh, repurposed um, fabric that would otherwise go to a landfill and they say do good on them. So people love them and they love that message. Um, so we we've definitely seen a lot of people a lot of people wearing those and I've been rocking my do good mask as well. <laughs> oh good. I mean, I can't even imagine the sustainability side of all of this. Like you just talked about that was something sustainable, but also just giving something that people actually want or having the choice to pick between something, they're less likely to throw that stress ball or that pen in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think corporate gifting is just an area that's shocking when you really learn the statistics behind it. So it's a hundred billion dollar market a year just in the US. And to put that in perspective, companies only donate $18 billion a year to philanthropic causes in our country, but they're spending a hundred billion a year on corporate gifts. And every two years, 50% of those dollars go to a landfill. So you literally have $50 billion over two years just going to a landfill, which when mm -hmm. I learned those statistics, like how is that even happening? Um, and the fact that companies can make such an impact by taking that money they're already spending and putting it towards corporate gifts, that's really a fundamental reason that we do what we do. And um, developing our new gifting software was great because it was a new unique way too for companies to cut down even more on corporate waste uh, because now you're sending a gift to a client or employee and you're not just choosing what that gift is right. for them. So you're not just sending you know, 100 blank when maybe you have 10 blankets at home or you don't need another water bottle because you've gotten 15 this year in the corporate gifting market. So what's great about the software is you can choose what product you actually want or donate that value. And so I think that's been really great because it's just built upon our business model of wanting to reduce, you know, that corporate waste in the market um, in any unique in a unique way as well. Well, and you think about the dollars that are going to these nonprofits and um, social enterprises that that can make such a big impact if they're getting 100 orders that all those funds that are coming in compared to just like a company, a corporate company that's making um, millions of stress balls left and right and already yeah. have that money coming in. Just think thinking about the dollar for dollar impact that you can make purchasing through Gifts for Good. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why we do what we do. You know, I get all teary eyed talking about it. But I mean, last year really just taught our entire team why we do what we do. And also like for our cause partners, I mean, we're close with most of the or all of the organizations that we partner with. And, you know, we really support their missions. And for some of them, like we single handedly kept their doors open last year. Mm. Um, and they've told us that and like, that's a beautiful thing when you can be like their number one 
um, partner. And a lot of the times uh, our nonprofit and social enterprise partners, they may have lost that consumer arm or a lot of it during COVID. And we were really able to keep them going because we're sending them larger bulk orders. So, I mean, our impact was incredible to see at the end of the year. I mean, we literally impacted thousands of people's lives. And I mean, as a small team, that's really crazy to even think about. But we saw the need for what we were doing even more last year because, um, I mean, being able to send a small nonprofit or social enterprise a large bulk order from a company last year and continuing those orders throughout the year last year were just like, it was, you know, keeping people's jobs and it was keeping people from um, a lot of our partners, even from closing their doors. So um, it was incredible to see. I wouldn't have thought of that side of the impact, just how much all of them were struggling and you keeping them open. Just one corporation with an order can make a huge impact on them. Huge impact. I mean, some orders, um, for example, like working with Snapchat on that order that I mentioned, you know, you're doing a huge order for um, 4,000 employees. And I mean, we were working for several weeks on that. And um, we actually partner with Goodwill of Southern California for our fulfillment center. So we have impact on the product side, but we also have it on the fulfillment side of what we do. And that was amazing too, because we saw, you know, we were able to bring in several individuals who were um, transitioning out of homelessness and they were in a job training program down at Goodwill and they were Mm -hmm. helping to kit that order for a month and ship those out to countries around the world. And that's a really amazing thing when you see like a video someone saying thank you to you who's transitioning out of homelessness where you're giving them a job during a year when it's the hardest time of the year to find a job and people in Los Angeles especially were really struggling last year so um, it's great to see that and you know we see the impact we're having through the product sales but also from the fulfillment side and that's a really great thing as well. It's amazing what you do and your job just sounds so phenomenal being able to lead that business. What is your favorite part of the job that you do? Oh, man. Um, There's so many great parts of it. I mean, I think my absolute favorite thing is reading our social impact report. At the end of the year, it takes us, well, last year, it took several weeks just to tally all of the impact that we were able to have. But you kind of can't put it in perspective until you put numbers behind it, because I think as a founder and anyone on a startup team, I mean, you're working your butt off all year. And I mean, last year was just a difficult year for everyone personally and professionally. And I just felt so overworked in Q4. But, you know, I know at the back of my head, what I'm doing is making an impact. But in January, when I'm able to slow down and, and look at something like our social impact report and see that we gave like 85,000 meals to children, and we planted over half a million trees last year, you're like, what? Wow. Like, how did we do that? Um, you know, it's just those, those stats when you read it and, um, you realize the impact that you made when you're able to slow down. And I think that's my favorite part of the year um, is getting to read that. How big of a team of employees do you have personally? It seems like you are working like crazy. It's it's really taken, the business has really (laughs) taken off. So how big of a team? We are small. We're only five full time on our team. But of course, we work with, you know, partners all over the world to help us execute on this. And we have a team down at Goodwill of Southern California, too, at our fulfillment center who they're not our full time employees, but they're working their butts off with us as well. So we always say we have a much larger team beyond that, technically, through everything that we're doing. But we're a small team ourselves. And that's that's one of the best parts about seeing that impact because you're like, how could five of us be doing this? Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, sometimes you're like, okay, we need to hire more people, but you know, <laughs> um, in, in a wonderful way. So I think a small team can be mighty and have a huge impact. So um, numbers don't say it all because you can definitely impact way more people than you ever imagined, um, even having a small team and being a bootstrap business. Uh-huh. So can individuals buy gifts from Gifts for Good just like buy one item for a holiday or for birthday gifts or anything like that? 
100% on our e-commerce site, which is gisforgood.com. You can go on there and no matter who you are, whether it's personal or corporate orders, you can go on there and order from our website. Um, I would say about 25% of our revenue comes from like B2C or consumers and about 75% from the corporate side of what we do. And we do a lot of things for companies where it really is like corporate orders. For example, gift cards are one of our most popular items. So that's kind of just like going shopping for yourself and redeeming, you know, a product on our site. But we've gotten a lot of our corporate clients as well, just through people who may have gone on to buy a gift for like their mom for Mother's Day or for their sister for Christmas. And then they've received it and been like, huh, maybe we should do something like this for our event for our company this year. And so that's actually a great arm for us to get um, some of our corporate clients as well. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to have to use that as like my main shopping spot because I can't tell you how many times I've like wanted to buy a friend or family member something. And I like do a massive Google search of company that makes or nonprofit that makes this I know for my sister's um, bridal shower we were gonna give like bath bombs and I looked for so long trying to find like nonprofit that makes bulk bath bombs and I just couldn't find it and so I try to search that all the time so that'd be cool to use that as a to use your website as a search engine instead We can definitely do it. We do a lot of um, weddings through what we do as well. And like I gave um, some of our candles, for example, for my little grab bag for my wedding. Um, So we end up doing a lot of those types of things as well. But um, definitely check it out. We have a lot of different products on there for occasions throughout the year. And you get to read the story behind all the products and um, really know what the impact is when you're buying it as well. So that's Uh a great aspect. Ah, that's so awesome. So I want to go, one of the last topics I want to cover is going all the way back to your experience in AmeriCorps and and where you got the passion for doing good, where that all came from. So do you Mm want to talk about all that? Yeah, of course. Um, Definitely a unique part of my background. And now that you say it, I'm happy we're getting to it because I think it's an important part of really why I do the work that I do. Um, Right uh, during high school, I ended up going down to New Orleans to um, volunteer with my high school class. And I helped organize a trip down there with a bunch of my classmates. And this was after Hurricane Katrina. And going down there was just a completely eye-opening experience for me. I think I did understand how our country wasn't talking more about what was happening down in New Orleans and why people weren't going down there to volunteer as much, especially, you know, several years after the hurricane, you can almost forget about what happened, but you go down there and see, and it was still so horrendously bad that I really felt like I had to go do something. And I had already accepted um, my college acceptance to go to university, and I ended up taking that out, and I applied to a program, um, AmeriCorps to the National Civilian Community Corps, which is an arm of AmeriCorps. And it's pretty similar to kind of the Domestic Peace Corps, if you will. It's a program for 18 to 24-year-olds, and you get a team of 10 people, and you get to travel around the country and work for different nonprofits for a year. And that experience was just so incredible for me and eye-opening. I ended up taking a gap year between high school and college and working with AmeriCorps. And I got to do such a variety of different work on the ground with um, different nonprofits. And this was in 2008. So right around the financial crisis when I saw all of these nonprofits were really struggling and we were able to go in there and work with them on the ground for one and two months. And help them in their areas that they needed most. So for example, we worked down in um, Mississippi and Louisiana, rebuilding homes. Um, I worked with Habitat for Humanity, leading volunteers down there. Um, And, you know, I was 18 years old and leading volunteer groups of like 100 plus people to rebuild homes. Homes. Um, I even gutted homes and uh, helped to do pretty much like mold remediation, which was very dirty work in New Orleans after Katrina. So I put on like my hazmat suit yeah. and I was crawling through the rafters of these houses and like spraying out the black mold and leading teams to do that. Um, so it was very very amazing work. Um, And, you know, I lived in like a high school gym with 50 other people and slept there every night. And, um, you know, I was in 
Uh, definitely opened my eyes to what it's like to work like on the ground. Um, I went and worked in um, Los Angeles, which is where I'm located now. But uh, with my AmeriCorps team, I was teaching in the inner city schools as an 18 year old. And um, I, yeah, that was just like so eye opening. I lived in a horrendous area of LA that was super dangerous and our team slept on the ground and we were completely scared to go to our car every day. And I've never felt like that my whole life where you understand and where the students come from that you're teaching and like why it's what it's like to go home to that type of environment because I was living in it um, and you know showering at a church around the corner where if it was dark you couldn't shower there and you know there's like rats in the church church basement and you have to wait to a specific day for when you can get hot water and it was just things that like I had never experienced um, but I think it puts you into the shoes of the people who you're serving and it definitely showed me you know the areas of need across America because I think you can read about it but it's totally different when you go live it and breathe it and really understand what it's like to serve the communities that you're serving um, and that experience for me was just so fundamental and eye-opening um, you know, I've worked even at like a food bank up in Sacramento that ran the largest clothing distribution program in the state of California. Um, I was there over the holidays and, you know, it's things that you take for granted, like the fact that like I have had a Thanksgiving meal every year of my life, like most people don't get that chance. And right. like that's a um, it's just very eye opening for me to see what that was like. And so that is very fundamental and core to um, what we do today. And I think it really helped me to understand the type of programs and the types of needs across America and across the world and better serve, you know, the communities that we're serving and understand the types of partnerships that we need. So I think a lot of the times people talk about, you know, groups they want to serve, but they've never actually gone and, and worked on the ground. And I think that's a fundamental experience of, you know, if you're building any type of business to serve a specific community, you need to understand where those communities come from and the areas of need that you're serving. So that was just a great experience and definitely encourage anyone, whether you're having kids or, you know, you're 18 years old and listening to this to like think about taking a gap year because so many people rush to college. But for me, that really was an amazing experience to do as an 18 year old before college. And then when I went to UC Berkeley, like I knew I wanted to study business and global poverty and practice. And mm -hmm. I think if I if I had gone to school right away, I actually would have studied engineering which is like something that I'm terrible at so like it's just funny to think about that so um, that's the type of stuff you know you learn along the way so I think it's great to take that time if you need it like maybe you don't know what you want to go study at university but um, taking a gap year was fundamental for me and and really getting to know myself and um, know the people that I want to serve as well. That's so funny because I was talking to someone yesterday about um, how cool it would be if like it was a social norm that after high school you took like a year off and um, did internships or just kind of did different types of jobs to really understand what you wanted to do in college and how much more impactful that would be than just diving right into studies. Yeah, you don't really know. Um, if you're taking an engineering class, will you like this engineering job? So I think it'd be so <laughs> yeah. cool if like our culture was like more into that, into diving straight into out of high school, um, internships, just job shadowing, that sort of thing where you can get an understanding of what you want to do and what a better opportunity to go into AmeriCorps and make an impact and see what that leads to, too. Totally. Me and my husband actually say we will not allow our kids to go to college right away. They're going to have to take a gap year and um, I'll probably have them volunteer somewhere. But I think it's just a fundamental experience. And for some countries around the world, they they do that with um, mm -hmm. their 18 year olds, like people in Australia, New Zealand do it a lot more than Americans do. And it's a really normal thing to take a gap year. And I think for some people, like you're just not ready to go to college right away. I could have gone to college right away. That was who I I was, but my husband did, and he should not have gone to college right away because he just like wasn't, he was not really engaged right away, you know, and it was just, he wasn't ready to go to college and doing something like a gap year, he always says would have helped him. So I definitely think it's a great um, thing to think about for, you know, your kids, or maybe you might even as an adult need that or take some time um, to really take a couple months off and go somewhere else to focus on something that you're really passionate about. Um, 
um, I think it can really clear your mind and just get you ready for, you know, that next stage as well. Was it hard for you? Like, was anyone like, what was your response from family or friends? Was anyone confused why you were taking a gap to do AmeriCorps and like (laughs) kind of thinking you were making a mistake or anything? Oh, tons of people. Yeah. I mean, I was the only person from my high school class that did that. And I went to like one of the top 10 most competitive public high schools in the country. Really? Yeah, it was a very competitive high school. And I mean, I was really lucky to have gone to a school like that and gotten the education that I did. But it was very, of course, as you would imagine, pretty cutthroat. And a lot of people are thinking about where they're going to college from the time they're 13 years old, you know. Um, And so that was, I think people supported me, but they didn't fully understand it. And I think it was really hard for me too, because some part of me wanted it and some part of me didn't at that age. And um, I remember seeing all my friends, you know, they're at their freshman years of college and they're like partying. And I have on like my khaki pants with my belt up to my belly button. And I look like a state park ranger and I'm sweating down in New Orleans, like with my hammer and nails leading volunteers on a roof. Like we were just having a totally different experience. So um, in a lot of ways, it made you almost feel like at that age, you were missing out. But it's funny when you're able to take a step back as an adult so many more years later. Now I'm like, thank gosh, I did that. Thank gosh that I took that risk. And I think sometimes you have a lot of family and friends who might not understand you. And I would say this is the same thing of like when I started my business, like people looked at me like, um, uh, why are you taking this risk? Sorry, but like you have student loans, you just graduated from business school. I don't really fully understand why you wouldn't go out. And I know that you can go get a job at, you know, one of the the biggest corporations and you can make a bunch of money there right away. And so like people just won't understand that, and especially family members. Um, I think a lot of people get pushback from that. So um, I kind of look at it the same way of just, you need to follow what you feel in your heart is the best thing for you. And sometimes that might not have support of your family and friends around you. And that comes with entrepreneurship as well. Um, But you got to do what's right for you. And I think when, you know, you know, in your heart, what's best for you or what's best for the people you want to serve. Like I knew that what I was building, I understood and believed in when I was like founding Gifts for Good and people didn't get it in the beginning, but you know, they get it now. Like they get it Mm -hmm. once they've seen me on the Today Show or something, you know, but it's just, that's the frustrating thing. So um, I think it's just part of being, part of being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. Look at you now where all those decisions led you to the successful business. Um, So what would your advice be to people that are wanting to do good in their life right now? Obviously, they can't just start. um, Well, they could, but they can't have a big uh, company like you tomorrow. So what is something that they can do right now? And it may be something simple, but just something they, they can act on now to make an impact on others. Yeah, completely. I think One of the things that's really overlooked is entrepreneurship. So not entrepreneurship, not founding your own thing, but bringing innovation maybe into the current role that you are in. There's so many ways that people can take a job that they currently work in and you know, change the programs or operations that a company is running. Maybe you want to incorporate, for example, as an event planner, um, an, an event that gives gifts that are impacting people's lives. Like we've worked with people where they've looked at me and said, like, I have been in this role for 30 years and I have never been able to help tens of thousands of people in my job. And they could take something as simple as like a gift that they give people who are attending a virtual event and use that to change people's lives. And there's a lot of opportunities like that, um, no matter what you're doing. And I think a lot of people sometimes are scared to propose new ideas, um, maybe to their bosses or to a company, because maybe they think the company's too old school. But Um, I've been really encouraged by some of the women who I've spoken with and kind of mentored the last couple of years where they've been able to bring impact or a new outlook or perspective or program into their work. And so many companies are really, really open to that now and to that type of innovation, especially in the social impact field. So I think I'd really encourage everyone to look at ways that you can take your job and make it something that you're more passionate about. Um, And that can come through entrepreneurship 
entrepreneurship. It doesn't need to come through quitting your job and um, starting your own business. Like that is not always the case. It can come through changing your job and bringing innovation into the role that you currently serve in. And the other thing I would say is so many people um, think you have to like find your passion and that term just annoys me um, because no one's ever going to find their passion. And people say it all the time, like you have to build it and like build what you're passionate about. And it's not something you're just going to wake up one day and find. Um, So I would say to everyone out there, look at ways that you can build your passion because it's not just going to be handed to you on a plate. That's not how it works. Um, You, you know, you need to really, you need to build it and it takes work and um, find a way to do that, whether it's starting your own business or bringing it into the role that you're currently in or finding a new role that really brings your passion to life. I love it. That's so good. I've never heard the word entrepreneurship, but that's such a good (laughs) tangible thing that everyone can do in their position. Yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely overlooked. I feel like most people look at me like, huh, entrepreneurship? I don't know what that is. Um, But look it up, do it. It's definitely (laughs) something great for nearly everyone out there. All right. Well, I am just obsessed with what you do, and I think you're making an incredible impact. And I hope um, this encourages people if they are in a corporate position to kind of bring this to their corporation, if they are just an individual. There's so many ways that people can make this impact in their gift giving just to family and friends too. So I hope um, this interview encourages everyone to go out, check out Gifts for Good and purchase something, get something good, make an impact with, (laughs) with your purchasing. So to wrap it up here, um, what is the best or most recent book that you've read? Oh man. Um, what is one of the great ones that I have read? I love lean in. I know like everyone's probably read it, but I finally got around to reading it last month. So I would definitely say for all the women out there, especially with it being international women's day and women's history month to definitely check out Um, Cheryl Sandberg and definitely read that book because it's a great thing for every woman out there to read. I love it. And who or what is illuminating or inspiring in your life right now? Oh, man. Um, You know, I would say that my team is definitely inspiring me, specifically my coworker, Janice, um, she just finds ways to incorporate impact into every single aspect of what we do. And um, I am constantly inspired by her. So just a shout out to her that um, she's always an inspiration to me. And this question is going to be a hard one because you work with so many incredible organizations. But what is an organization that you would like to illuminate and share about? Um, I would say the Downtown Women's Center in Los Angeles. They are an amazing nonprofit that provides employment opportunities to women who are transitioning out of homelessness. And you can find their products on our site. They sell beautiful soaps and candles and gift sets. And the work that they are doing is absolutely incredible to empower women. So um, definitely would love to shine a light on them as well. And to wrap it up, what is your one message you'd like to send to the world? Um, Don't find your passion, build it. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Laura Hertz. If you loved the mission behind the company Gifts for Good, head over to giftsforgood.com and go shopping for yourself. Otherwise, you can find them on Instagram at giftsforgoodhq, or you can find Laura herself at Hertz, that's H-E-R-T-Z, Hertz for Good on Instagram. You can also find the Illuminate podcast on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Illuminate underscore pod, or you can find us on Instagram at the Illuminate podcast. If you loved the episode or any recent episodes, make sure to share about them on social media. That's such a great way for us to continue to grow the show and get the word out about these amazing stories. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Laura and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.